The Power Trip is a proud member of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. Hello, listeners with attitude. I'm Michael. And I'm Nathan. And you're listening to The Power Trip, a journey through the Power Rangers franchise. In today's episode, we're discussing Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, and Power Rangers Turbo. Nathan, why do you sound so sad? Like, that was not, like, the usual, like, oomph intro. What's going on? Because it's Turbo. Oh, come on. Now. It's it's Turbo. And actually, to be honest, you're getting a little bit less energy than normal because this is the second time we've tried this. This is true because apparently Turbo broke our recording last time. It was either Turbo yes. that broke it or the rant that you went on. Yes. So I ranted so hard, I broke Zencaster. Congratulations. Congratulations. But <laughs> I guarantee you, I guarantee you, our listeners do not want to listen to us rant this entire episode because. Oh, no, it's just me. It's just me. You're saving your rant for a later episode. I know (laughs) that one's coming. The listeners, the listeners with attitude can expect at least probably a couple more from me once we get to certain seasons, shall we say? But yeah, I know you got one in your pocket. I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're talking about because I love every single thing that Power Rangers has ever done without question. Right. Do you remember uh, that movie episode? I am a power sheep. Power it, sheep. Oh, I'm so that's I'm surprised they didn't use that in the Sentai for this show because that was a parody season and, and a and a sheep sword would have been great. I could have named it Michael. Oh, that's a little bit of a low blow, but you know what's not a low blow? Getting another five-star review on apple itunes so nathan do you want to read our our latest five-star review uh why yes i would and it's entitled it's about time from username jake hambrick finally oh i need to do this like the rock finally a power ranger podcast worth listening to i'm glad i stumbled upon this i've been wanting a show that covers all power rangers The fact that it's season by season helps with getting to listen to hear your favorite season sooner. I can't wait for Zio, which is my favorite season. Hope this show lasts forever. I think our fans have spoken. We can't end this show after one season. I I think our fans have spoken as well. I mean, we have talked about how this, how this podcast does have a shelf life. Um, This is at least a, this is at least a year's project. So who knows after, after we get done with all the, the power Rangers seasons, 
we may circle back and do some other stuff. We don't know. It just depends yeah, on... Or we might start covering the PRCU because apparently that's going to be a thing. Apparently Starting so. next year, so ending the show at the end of 2022 might be a bad idea. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. It de- Honestly, it will depend on whatever we've got going on in our personal lives and everything else that we've got going on in our professional lives. And of course, if this show receives uh, enough love and ad- enough love and people actually want us to continue, sure, I, I would definitely consider it. But, you know, well, I've seen our analytics. I think they love us. They love me. You know, digs aside, we do actually have a episode to talk about or a season to talk about in this episode. So we're oh, talking a season and a movie, a season and a movie. You are correct. Or a movie and a season is the movie was first movie and a season. Well, I mean, honestly, we'll probably go back and forth because essentially the Power Rangers turbo movie is a five part uh, a five part season premiere. Yeah, it's what would have been a five part season premiere. Yeah. Just with it, uh, just, you know, pumped up with enough steroids to make it look semi cinematic. I have opinions. <sighs> so, Nathan, all ranting and poking fun aside, go ahead and read our listeners with attitude the plot synopsis. Oh, are you ready to shift into this turbo? The dastardly prima donna space pirate Divatox seeks to conquer and or plunder Earth, depends on the day, through bombings and other terroristic attacks. The Rangers shift into turbo by replacing their Zeo powers and swords with a new car-themed gimmick for no other reason than new Sentai footage, along with engaging in reckless child endangerment by recruiting a 10-year-old. Most of the team graduates from high school and ranger school, bringing in an entirely new team to continue the fight against evil. So Nathan, I think I've come up with the perfect analogy to describe Power Rangers Turbo. Uh-huh. Turbo is, and this is keeping it within the subject matter, so just go with me. Okay. Um, Turbo is kind of like the DMV of the, fran- of the oh, franchise. What? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the DMV of the franchise. And for any and for our international listeners who don't know what the DMV stands for, it just stands for the Department of Motor Vehicles here in the United well, States. Well, and in some states it's the BMV, the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. This is correct. This is correct. But Power Rangers Turbo is like the DMV of the franchise in the sense that a lot of people hate it, very few tolerate it. It takes forever once you're there. But there are ways you can make the best of it. And that's kind of how I have uh, surmised Power Rangers Turbo, at least in my mind and at least in my viewing of the series. Really? I prefer a different analogy. Turbo is this movie in season that took all of the great setup from Zeo and ran it over with an SUV. Now that's being a little bit harsh, Nathan. I get that. I get that Turbo did destroy a lot of the continuity from zeo to turbo and it but but to me but to me personally turbo is this bridge between what was that was that was a that was power rangers zeo because we talked about in power rangers zeo where the franchise was definitely heading in a in a different direction 
um, they were working with a lot of different elements. They were bringing in a lot of, they, they were displacing a lot of things. And we talked about that in the last, uh-huh. in the last episode, how even the audience for Power Rangers Zio is being displaced in some way because everything here is brand new and you don't know, everything is brand new with uh, Zio and you don't necessarily know how to, how to take it. Now, fast forward to turbo and turbo is this interesting little bridge between what would, what could have been perceived as like classic, like the classic power Rangers, like Coca-Cola classic to (laughs) wait, wait, wait. So you're saying turbo is the new Coke of power Rangers. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to. Okay. So yes. Okay. Okay. Can we agree on one thing? At least this is the worst of the original Saban era. Oh, it's it's, it's hands down the worst of the original Saban era. Okay. And we're going to get into the myriad of reasons why, but good Lord. (laughs) Yes. I like that analogy though. It's like it's Power Rangers Turbo is also like the new Coke of the Ranger franchise. (laughs) And for those who don't know, because a lot of you are too young, actually, technically we're a little young to know this, but back in the eighties, Coca-Cola and its infinite wisdom decided, Hey, let's shake things up by changing our recipe and we'll rebrand and call it new Coke. And it was one of the biggest disasters (laughs) in, in the history of, I don't know, corporate america because it was a huge disaster nobody liked it (laughs) so then they're like okay course correction we're going back to coca-cola classic that's why for a while the cans actually said coca-cola classic yeah yeah so i i think that's a really good analogy i think that's a really a fair analogy to uh to make of, of power rangers turbo yeah, because because like I said, it is this it is this really weird bridge between uh, what we knew as classic Power Rangers heading into what we would know Power Rangers to be after Turbo. Uh, I have another fun analogy about that, but I'm going to save it for the next episode. All right. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Mm. We, we don't have to get yeah. into it now. But anyway, so with this one, they're using Car Ranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sentai Car Ranger. Here's yep. the thing. Car Ranger, I haven't seen it yet. You have. Car Ranger is a parody season. It mm-hmm. is Toei making fun of itself. It's yep. Super Sentai making mm-hmm. fun of itself. Right. That's why it's totally consistent. One of the biggest problems that Turbo has is it can't figure out which tone it wants to be. It thinks it can mm-hmm. do everything and right. it can't do everything Mm. which is why you have weird things like because some of the vestiges of the sentai are still in the show case in point early in an early episode tommy is whipping out the driver's manual for his zord and it makes no sense they try to make it make sense but it doesn't really makes sense it makes more sense in it makes more sense in car ranger because the the rangers in car ranger actually work at a garage there in um they're in tokyo i think is or or maybe hokkaido or somewhere i can't remember exactly the city that the that the car ranger is that car rangers is is based out of but uh, all of the all of the cast members in car ranger actually work at a garage and so for them to get into a new quote-unquote zord or a new giant 
robot car and look and immediately look for the manual actually does make sense within context of car ranger now the thing and here's the thing that we're kind of getting down to with with car ranger versus power rangers turbo everything in car ranger actually makes sense because you have you have context surrounding those events in Power Rangers Turbo, they're taking source material from what you said. What you said, Nathan, a parody, uh, a parody season of the franchise of the Super Sentai franchise, and trying to bring and, and trying to make it feel more serious. But there's just so much camp and so much comedy in Car Ranger. A lot of those. Uh, a lot of those elements still bleed through into Power Rangers Turbo, and a lot of them just don't make sense, and you just kind of have to go yeah. with it. Which is, which is kind of like what I was saying at the top of the show is like, you know, Power Rangers Turbo. It is, it's, it's weird. It's a weird season, and you just kind of have to go with it. I can't anyway, because the problem that we have here is we have the Ranger stuff that they're at least trying to play semi-serious. Mm-hmm. But then the parody elements in the Sentai footage bleed through and it kind of wrecks that. Mm-hmm. They have absolutely ridiculous plots that make more sense in a parody season than something's trying to be semi-serious. But then we have, oh, good Lord, we'll get into it. But the villains are a massive downgrade in this season and they're played for laughs and it doesn't gel with everything else. Oh, just Oh my gosh. It's, 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 <laughs> this it's nearly killed the franchise. Let's be honest. It's interesting. And, you know, for those who haven't figured it out yet, we are going to be discussing, um, we are going to be discussing Power uh, Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, and Power Rangers Turbo, the television series, all in the same episode. Because yeah. we 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 sat down and we we talked about it, and we thought, should we dedicate uh, a full episode just to the movie? And then the more we started discussing it, we realized, oh, the movie is just an extended pilot of the of yeah. the franchise. It's, because it's what would have been what of what normally probably would have been a five part season premiere, right? That they just put together into a movie because the, sh- the movie is just a glorified episode that which is one of my problems is turbo. It, it seems natural after this, after the success of the mighty Morphin movie that you would do another movie. And then they decided to actually make it tie in with the show. So mm-hmm. on paper, this is a good idea. And yeah. then it proceeded to destroy everything that zeo was trying to set up yeah but they <laughs> some do. of it was some of it was stuff beyond their control because they had to meet deadline and there were there was trouble behind the scenes and they bit off more than they could chew because apparently the script for it was originally a heck of a lot longer and it's just there are a lot of things that screwed it up but then there are things in it where i'm just like nope doesn't work which we'll get into as we go mm-hmm. yeah. <sighs> but it just it feels much less cinematic than my than Mighty Morphin the movie. Say what you want about it; it's nowhere. It's not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, but at least it felt like a movie. No, and it, and we talked about that when in our episode when we discussed Mighty Morphin the movie, where it it's not a perfect movie. There are a lot of things wrong with that film. Um, but it does feel like a movie version of the show that we had gotten so far, like new suits, new, new looking Zords, 
I'm not going to go into the crappy CGI. I mean, CGI, ugly CGI aside. Ugly CGI aside, we got new Zords, brand new suits, a, a very a much up a, a, a more upgraded look to a lot of the aesthetic uh, from Mighty Morphin in Mighty Morphin the movie, and then uh, Turbo the Turbo movie. It just feels it just everything just looks like the show. There's actual Tokusatsu in in the movie in Turbo the movie, which I really appreciate. Like there is still a lot to like about Turbo a Power Rangers movie, outside of the the outside of the messy script and the and some of the annoying characters. There is still a, a good bit to like. In you know, Turbo. Like, in turbo, yes, like the set pieces. I'm talking like special effects and set okay, pieces. Okay, I was gonna here. say, when do I get to go into my pointless re, 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 When do I get to go into my pointless retcon count? I'm gonna, I'm going to, I'm gonna let you have the floor. I'm gonna let you have the soapbox in just a minute. If you, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let you have that in a minute, Nathan. Give me just a second. But there is a lot to enjoy about the Turbo movie. So it's specifically in the in the special effects department because the special effects um, in Turbo were, in my opinion, an upgrade from the. Uh, Mighty Morphin the movie that we got a few years prior. Uh, only because of the ugly CGI. The practical because, effects in Mighty right. Morphin the movie, I they think, are still still, are yes. st- still hold up and I think are actually probably better than this because this still feels like TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think what really appealed to me about the Turbo movie as a kid is it <laughs> did... <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> Jokes. Saving for later. Continue. <laughs> what really appealed to me about the turbo movie uh was the fact that it did feel like uh just an extended version of the television show now looking back on it i can see where that works to its detriment but as a kid growing up with this film back in 1997 because this movie came out on march the 28th 1997 in the united states so back then like as a kid watching this pro- watching this series that's re- this really ticked a lot of boxes for me. Um, and, but looking back on it as an adult, I can see its faults and I'm not trying to ignore its faults at all. I'm just trying to make the best of what we have. Oh, just ignore the fact that it flopped horribly at the box office. Unlike its predecessor. Oh boy. It, it did not do well at the box office at all. Sadly, sadly enough. So weirdly enough, apparently Saban was operating under the old school Hollywood model, which is, oh, when you have a successful movie, you make a sequel with less money to make sure you make profit. So this had half the budget of the Mighty Morphin movie and barely broke even and didn't even make $10 million. It made nine point six million versus Mighty Morphin the movies. What it was like, like sixty seventy million. Uh, yeah, it was something like it was like close. It was a little bit closer to eighty million. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, what we, yeah. What we said well, in the last all episode. that to say, it made almost nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was very much considered uh, it would it would be very much considered a box office flop at that point. And I think a lot of it is due to maybe the waning popularity of the franchise. This season and this movie feels more um feels more focused at children than even the last movie did. Kids deserve better. Well, I agree, but I'm I'm assuming they're leaning harder into the into the kids market with 
Power Rangers Turbo with uh, Turbo a Power Rangers movie. So so confusing the titles. Um, I know. And and the and whereas whereas Mighty Morphin the movie felt like a more it was still a kids movie. Don't get me wrong. It's still I don't don't misquote me here, but it, it is still a kids movie. But it felt more mature than say Turbo a Power Rangers movie did. Yes, I will say that. And now, do I get to talk about the retcons? <sighs> Fine, talk about the retcons. Okay, pointless retcon number one. Bulk and Skull don't go to Paris. And they barely acknowledge that they uh, that they were rehired by the police. As far as I care, they just completely forgot the Bulk and Skull were going to Paris. Okay, I'll give you that. Po- uh, pointless retcon number two. The worst one of the bunch, quite possibly. This is the worst transition of power in the entire franchise. Okay, I'll pause for a second and say that I did not know I this and this is a complaint. This is this is not I'm not the only person that's made this complaint. There's a lot of fans that make this complaint. Apparently, if you get wet in the in the middle of morphing, your powers won't work. There are at least a few dirty jokes in there, but anyway, <sighs> Uh, so apparently the Zeo powers get more powerful over time, but they're not waterproof. And I swear, I need to go back and watch all of Zeo again and see if I can find any instance where they got wet. There has to be. There, there has, has to be. They fight sea monsters at points. It's just, ah, this is partly due to the behind the scenes drama. And you know what they, because they had to cut some things. There was supposed to be a scene where I think it was Adam and Aisha, uh, not is no, not Aisha, Tanya. They're almost the same character. I'm sorry, but <laughs> they get thrown into water and then they come out and their suits are all damaged and then they need to get the turbo and then they need to switch over to the turbo powers that got cut. They, they could have tried to smooth this over by just ignoring it and just cut out the part where Catherine tries to turn into a Zeo Ranger. They had just left that out. It would have been at least a little bit easier to accept, but nope, they still have to acknowledge that they were the Zeo Rangers up until 10 minutes ago. And then they get thrown in the water. It just, it makes no freaking sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't know why the Zords are gone. It's just, it just, it doesn't work. And fans have had to invent all kinds of theories to explain it away. Like, okay, they're just, they just don't like water and that shorts them out, which is probably the weakest explanation out of all of them. Mm -hmm. I've also heard some people say that it's because they kept getting progressively more powerful. Like what happened with Jason as the gold Ranger. So they had to discard them or it would have killed them. I've also heard that, uh, you know, Billy was when you know the, the explanation they give is that when Billy was slipping away when he, he was originally supposed to be the Gold Ranger, it was because he was making the turbo powers for them to try to account for how they just kind of come out of nowhere. It's just that would have made infinitely more sense. Yeah, because Billy was supposed to be in the movie at one point, but he mm-hmm. said heck no, and so yeah. they had to retool everything. Like I said, it's one of the parts that suffers because of meeting deadline. And uh, all of the behind the scenes drama. Yeah, it's just a it's just a rushed movie. It's just a rush movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a small retcon, but now suddenly the MMPR suits are gone in the power chamber. When I liked seeing them on display, so they could remember their heritage. Uh, retcon pointless retcon number four. Are we going to acknowledge Kim breaking Tommy's heart? No, screw you, movie. Ah. Uh. 
Not even a little bit of tension between the fact that Tommy moved on from Kim to her replacement. That would have been actually a little bit of an, a more interesting character development for for those two. Because in the in the Turbo movie, for those who haven't seen it or don't have any interest in watching it or just ha- or have seen it but don't remember, um, we do get some cameos by two other. Two oh no past no no wings. no! They're not cameos. They're supporting cast, and they're pointless. They could have been anybody else and it wouldn't have changed a thing. Yeah, but it's but it, it raises the stakes if it's someone the Rangers are friends with and people we know who have been Rangers in the past. That's how I will. So what you're that. saying is they basically fridged them. That's a nice way of saying it, but it makes sense. It makes sense to do that, though. <sighs> they, they were a waste. They did nothing with them. Oh, and don't get me started on the fact that the movie couldn't even stick to its own dang rules about that because the whole point was that Divatox needs uh, sacrifices who are pure of heart so she can wake up Malagor and marry him. Okay, that's the whole plot of the movie. So they're like, oh, here, we can use them. So like, okay, fine, we'll go with them. They could be the sacrifices. One of them gets away. Jason gets away. Or was it Jason? I can't remember now because I try to block the movie out of my memory. It was Kim. But one it was of, Kim that gets away. Kim. Kim gets away. So they're like, oh, one will do. And then they magically recapture Kim off camera. Sure. I think a scene got left out. And then they go in there and suddenly it's not, we're sacrificing them to Malagor so he will eat them. They actually say eat them. And then awaken, so it's, you know, human sacrifice, oh boy. Nope, now it's just like, oh, we're going to throw him into the lava pit and he'll possess them. When did that change? Maybe, maybe, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Maybe, maybe he didn't, like, not physically eat them, but, like, eat their soul. Well, that didn't last long. So maybe possess their soul. Like, I mean, yes, there are some, there's some interesting choices in language. There are some interesting choices in, um in um uh, what is it in like moving the plot along i'm trying to think of the right word but there we that's where i'm stuck at um there are some interesting choices but i don't believe turbo is one of those movies that you that that requires you to overthink and this is why this is not overthinking anyone with half a brain can notice that it's not sticking to its own rules because then what do they do in the end because we do get Malagor for the finale of the movie so how do they account for that Divatox throws Elgar in there and I'm like did we forget that they had to be pure of spirit or whatever and you're gonna throw in Elgar who at one point was threatening child murder maybe at this point Malagor is just getting impatient and pissed off. And he's like, you know what? Screw it. I don't need these guys. I'm just going to rise up anyway and do what I have to do. Apparently he needed sacrifices to even rise up. Something is restraining him because if it's not, he's just I, lazy, lazy, <laughs> uh, very picky or whatever. I was just like, come the frick. Make rules and stick to them. It's writing 101. Make rules and stick to them unless you can give a justifiable reason to break them. This does not have that. <laughs> okay. So, Nathan. Also, one Nathan, more retcon. Breathe. Okay, fine. <laughs> one more. Uh, I got, oh, man, how many more retcons? No, I got two more retcons. Two, another retcon. Rita and Zed do nothing despite the fact that they declare at the end of Z. We're back, baby. Although the scene that they cameo in is admittedly pretty funny. It I'll is. give it that. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Where Diva Talks calls her up and 
uh, calls him up and Rita, apparently Rita sleeps <laughs> with that crazy getup. Okay. I don't know how that works. It's got to be all kinds of uncomfortable. But <laughs> and she's like, you want to beat the Power Rangers? Here's my advice. Give up now. Hangs up. <laughs>, Laughs at Diva Talks, as you should. I'm just like, there's so many things that they could have done to make this more interesting. And they didn't take those opportunities. Ah, this movie. Are you done? Everything is wrong with this movie. <laughs> are you done? Are you okay? It's a good okay? thing we're not doing an entire episode on the movie. Are you are you okay? Are you okay? You just do you need to do you need to do you need a minute? I feel like you need I'm a fine. minute. I'm fine. I'm fine. We can move on now. Okay. So, so we're gonna so we we're can talk move. about the theme song, which is one of the few high points. There are a few things that will probably I am predicting this now that will keep Turbo from being bottom tier top Power Rangers for me. The theme song's one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because it's Wasserman. It's pretty fun. Yeah, pretty energetic. Fits the car motif. It is a, an incredibly catchy theme. Mm-hmm. It is a better theme than the than the season implies. We'll say that. I've heard some people say that that uh, Go Go Power Rangers is a better theme song than the show implies. But well, you know, those people would be wrong. Yeah, so, <laughs> but Turbo is definitely got a th- got a better theme song than it deserves. There you go. Moving on. So well, let's talk about the Rangers. So our our previous cast comes back for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tommy, Tanya, Catherine, and Adam. And there's not a whole lot to say about them here, aside mm-hmm. from things like Tommy is suddenly a car guy. Mm-hmm. When did that happen? I mean, you know, he's a man of many interests. Apparently, because he becomes a doctor of paleontology later, which is a little odd he's a renaissance man what can i say I, yeah i guess <laughs> tanya say? the most interesting thing that happens to tanya this season is she finds her parents which because i'm still confused about how that all worked from alien rangers but okay show because <laughs> her parents were archaeologists in africa or something yeah something like that yeah it's it's weird but at least they were attempting to do something mm-hmm. and then we catherine and adam are there Adam continues to be cool and mm-hmm. Catherine continues to be pretty, I guess. Yeah. She continues to be pretty and bubbly. I think, yeah. um, doesn't she wait? She is, what is her career path? Now I can't remember. Uh, isn't she going to be going to work for some humanitarian thing? Maybe. I don't know. In real I, life or in the show, in the show, in the show. I don't remember. I don't remember like her, her, what she moves on to do, uh, what she says she's going to do after high school is incredibly unmemorable, unmemorable, unmemorable. Um, so yeah, I, I have no idea, but yeah, Catherine, Catherine, she's, she's still pretty. She's still bubbly. She's still super sweet and she's still sweet on Tommy. So that's, what's important. So you might notice that one guy is gone. Poor Rocky. Poor Rocky. I know I, I said before that, and I know a lot of people don't think Rocky's uh, Rocky for them was a poor replacement for Jason. I get it. But mm-hmm. I think that was partly because the writers never really gave Rocky a chance to shine. And then they, it's almost like they hate him. 
I swear to you, when they make this Turbo movie, they're like, we hate Rocky, so let's just get rid of him in the most unceremonious way possible. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's actually kind of embarrassing. Okay, we've had some unceremonious departures before, but what happens to Rocky? He gets hurt practicing martial arts, goes to the hospital, and then just hands his powers off to the first person he sees. That's how they replace him. Well, the first it's person, like, it's like, the first it's, person that sees him. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but I'm just like, come on. Be nicer to your characters than this show. What is good Lord. Now, now I will let's say, talk about it. Do we want to talk about his replacement now or in a, we'll, we'll, we'll save him. We'll, we'll save, we'll save him for just a, in just a minute. But I just want to, I just want to mention here that one of the good things that they did in the season premiere of turbo the, the the series not the movie the the season premiere of of turbo was they did actually manage to make the uh to make the recap of the movie because the movie is so closely tied to the season that the series season this is going to get confusing i gu- i guarantee you this is going to get confusing just say uh, movie and show the show picks up immediately where the movie leaves off and they did a really good job in in the first episode of the show um, to give a recap of what happened in the movie to kind of help catch people up because the movie debuted in I think it was what March. I say Mar- March and then the show uh, debuted in April or May I want to say it was May it was like two months after the movie is when the um is is when the show debuted so they were just they used they did a really good like recap uh portion of the sh- of that first episode to catch the audience up and they do it through our new blue ranger Justin so oh, now do you mean power Kenny so now Nathan you can talk about power, power Kenny? Kenny yes <laughs> Because that's what his name really is, Power Kenny. For those who don't know, Kenny is a term that was invented for ch- uh, by uh, popularized, I should say, by MST3K for the kids in Gamera movies. Because in the dub for the original Gamera movie, they renamed him Kenny for some odd reason. So, Justin, okay. So let's recruit a 10-year-old for some silly reason. Okay, this was done in Sentai. But apparently was it was done there better is in time. There is yeah. precedent for it. Because the White Ranger and Die Ranger was a kid, and I think it's been done one other time, mm-hmm. at least in Sentai. Uh, the Gold Ranger was a was a child. In okay. And, uh, in O-Ranger. And, yeah. In O-Ranger. But, oh, good Lord. And then they have to just magically make him get bigger when he morphs. But it's only when he has the full suit on. When he's not wearing the helmet, he magically shrinks. Which is just silly. I'm like, okay. And then when he's bigger, he still sounds like he's 10. And nobody thinks that's weird. When he's walking around with civilians and he sounds like a child, no one's like, why are you Why are you six feet tall and sound like you're 10? Did your balls not drop yet? Uh, just... <laughs> I mean, I can say the same for you, Nathan. Really? You're you're gonna go there. <laughs> I'm sorry I have a helium addiction, okay? Anyway. Uh, swing and a miss. Anyway. <laughs> I swing and a miss. Anyway, so it's just oh. 
I was like, okay, so it's like the Shazam thing in DC Comics. Mm -hmm. Or Captain Marvel. It used to be called Captain Marvel. Uh, But at least when that happened, he went from a kid to an adult. And he looked and sounded like an adult. And they played up the fact that it's like he's a 10-year-old who just became an adult in a second. Okay. Mm. Well, we're not going to play that up and we're not going to talk about how we're going to recklessly endanger a child or why the only reason this kid got to be a power Rangers because he just happened to be at the right place at the right time and was just hiding under a hospital bed and saw the Rangers teleport away and talk about being power Rangers. And he pops up and he's like, you guys are power Rangers. And then apparently Rocky's just like, Take the morpher, be a Power Ranger out of like, and we're not going to play that up either. How he gets chosen to do this when he probably didn't deserve it. And he gets thrown into a crazy situation. Nope, because he's a power Kenny and we're not going to pay attention to any of that. We're not going to play into any of that. And we're also going to say he's smart enough to be in high school. I'm just like, just good Lord, this kid. I think it. I think it was in our... Um, I mean, maybe a, if he had displayed something to make him worthy. Like, Zordon was like, you are an exceptionally moral kid. That's why Billy Batson got to be Shazam, because he was a very moral kid who was an orphan, and despite everything that happened to him, he was still a good kid. He was pure of heart and all of that. We get none of it. He's just like, oh, this is convenient. Here, child, be a Power yeah. Ranger. Yeah, I think they they give more character development on Justin later on, and I think the best story arc that he gets, uh, where they kind of tie everything up into a little bow, doesn't actually come until the next season of Power Rangers. Um, but for me personally, I... I would not have, I would not have made Justin the Ranger. Honestly, I think we talked, I don't remember if this is when we talked about, if we talked about this in, um, in our season two episode or, or what, uh, but we talked about civilian allies. Yes. Um, Uh, season two. Was it season two? Okay. So for me personally, the way I would have done this is I would have written Justin as say a civilian ally, similar to, um, maybe the kid in the, uh, the power, we just, uh, we just published our episode on the power Rangers movie. So maybe, uh, Fred, yeah, Fred from that movie could have been like Justin, uh, just maybe like a civilian ally. Um, that's, maybe inadvertently a civilian ally because in that movie fred doesn't know who the rangers are but in this one justin does so i think in my personal opinion justin could have served a a better purpose being a civilian ally rather than a ranger but they were trying to they were they were trying to bring in that kid demographic so which was a mistake i don't think i don't think this is a common mistake made by a lot of American filmmakers when they make things for children. They assume that kids want to see kids doing this stuff. That is not necessarily the case. They assume that they want to see them. They, they assume the directors I'm talking about, they assume the writers assume they, that kids want to see themselves like an avatar for themselves in the movie. Yeah. Which is a mistake. Kids love the teenage characters because the thing that was cool about teenagers is that they were a little bit older than you, but they weren't quite grown up. So they're kind of got, uh, they're like a weird mix of kids and adults that, and they Mm -hmm. like that. And I guarantee you there are plenty of kids that have watched entertainment 
meant for them that had adult characters and they didn't care. Do you think kids were upset that there weren't quote-unquote children characters in Star Wars? No. They just liked Luke Skywalker and they liked Han Solo and they liked Princess Leia and all that. It didn't matter that they were young adults. Right. They were just cool characters. So it's it's a mistake. Right. And it start it really starts to destroy the credibility that this has. Unless you do something interesting with it, which they don't. He's just a power Kenny. That's all he is. Now, I say all of that. I I'm talking about the character. I don't want anybody to think that I am throwing shade, as people like to say, at Blake Foster. I am not. I don't want people to harass Blake Foster like they did Jake Lloyd from The Phantom Menace because fans ruined Jake Lloyd's life after that movie came out, so much so that they broke him mentally and emotionally. Oh, absolutely. And, and And we could do an entire episode on toxic fandom um talk with with this with this concept in mind but we don't yeah. have we don't yeah. have the time and for that also right i've seen interviews with blake foster he's a good guy and he has been a friend of the franchise despite the fact that people don't like his character or mm. turbo right which i think says a lot so like i said this is squarely aimed at the character not blake foster yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we 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 want to we want to make sure we are making a distinction between the character and the person who played the character because I think that's Yeah. That's because a, unfortunately people will conflate the two and they will yeah. blame the actor for portraying a character they don't like or being in a movie or whatever that they don't like and when that at the end is of the not day, fair. When at the end of the day, they were just doing a job. That's all they were yeah. doing. Yeah. And I can, I also guarantee you, I'm guessing that Blake Foster had a good time doing this. Oh, I'm sure he did. He seems like he's had, honestly, even in the show, he seems like he's having a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, this is squarely aimed at the character. I want to make sure that that is clear, but I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of power Kenny because they don't utilize him how I think they should. If you're going to do this, mm -hmm. you got to do something interesting with it. Otherwise it strains too much credibility. Well, it's, it's just a, it's a case of, it's a case of mispotential, I think. Yeah. Cause Mm -hmm. you could have played up the fact that. He was just, uh, he was convenient because he needed something fast. So he's overwhelmed by what's going on. Or maybe he was, like I said, he was an orphan kid. A lot of terrible things had happened to him, but he's still a good kid. And Zordon's like, you know what? I need someone and I need someone now. You're a good kid. I'm going to take a risk on you. There was so much they could have done to make him so much more interesting. And they don't do it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what bothers me. I think more than anything else, you can make the concept work, but you, but they, but it's going to take extra, uh, you know, it's going to take more effort to make it work. And they don't put that effort in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the biggest, like, I think that's probably the biggest misstep I'm seeing in turbo, uh, is they, there, there is things there they could have done even in, in the movie and in the show, there are things there they could have done to make it better. Um, I know that we're, I know they're working with a very silly Sentai, like a very pair, a pair, like we talked about a parody Sentai. And so at its core that it's going to be a little bit silly, but there are more things they could have done with turbo to make them better and make, and give the context, uh, give clear context as to what was going on, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but, but, you know, 
but uh, Justin is not our only new character that we get. Oh, yeah, with. because uh, about halfway through the season, I'm sure this didn't help things either. The mm -hmm. Turbo was already losing ratings because people were uh, kids were just not watching. They, cause, you know, they did not like this. And then they made it even worse. It's just like kick, kick the horse while he's down. You know, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me if I'm wrong or one of the li or one of the listeners with attitude can correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't this the time period where um, where Pokemon and Digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh and all those shows? This was 1997. To... Pokemon came onto the scene, I think, around 1998. Okay, so 98, 99, somewhere around there. I know that there was some shows on that kids were more into um, that kind of that that filled the void. I not filled the void, but filled the spot um, with Power Rangers like Power Rangers was not was still popular, but it wasn't as popular. Yeah, yeah, but uh and I, you'll have to tell me exactly why this happened. I think you said it's just because the whole cast was just like, I think we're done. Maybe they also realized the show is not what it used to be. So uh, less than 20 episodes in, everybody decides to leave. <laughs> and then they take one step closer to just following the Sentai model where you just swap out characters and teams every season. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I, it was also, you know, Saban had already kind of made it apparent to everybody before this that they are highly replaceable. But mm -hmm. I think in this case, it was just a case of the actors are just like, I think we're done. Yeah. And it's a little bit weird. And a, and I don't feel like it's handled with as much weight as it should have been. Again, I go back to a uh, to a different shade of pink. That was like that was the model, guys. You did it. Mm -hmm. That was how you do. I mean, even the power transfer to a certain extent could have served as a model where it's given more weight and gravity. It, 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 you know, but that was also back when they said that, you know, you had to do something crazy in order to transfer powers. And now we can just do it on a whim because we're going to forget our own rules. And so we're introduced to four new characters. A couple of them are introduced a few episodes before uh, passing the torch, which is the two parter where this happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, then we're introduced to two, uh, to TJ and Cassie in Passing the Torch, and we met Ashley and Carlos before this. Mm -hmm. So we get a whole, basically a whole new team of Rangers who mm -hmm. come in. And I will say this, I like this team, mm -hmm. but they're better next season. They really don't become, they really don't coalesce as characters, I feel like, until the next season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like growing pains with this team. Because it did happen yeah. so it did happen so abruptly. Now, I really enjoyed the episode uh, the episode where we get to meet Cassie and TJ. Uh, basically, they're on a bus. TJ's going to Angel Grove. Cassie is on her way to Stone Canyon. Um, she wants to be a singer. Yeah, she wants. And to I kind of wish she could actually sing. Unless they were trying to make it funny that she's like, "I'm going to go be a singer, and I don't know, I can't sing." <laughs> Right. Um, I love I, Cassie's great, but I'm just like, okay. <laughs> this is not uh, TJ. Will you just tell her this is not going to work? <laughs> you know, and and there's obviously there's obviously chemistry between the two. 
uh, not romantic chemistry, but just acting chemistry. Yeah, but I think play. that's partly because the the guy who plays TJ, I wish I could remember his name offhand, but he's actually pretty good off the bat. I will say this. The other characters had to grow into it, I think, a bit more, but TJ just comes in swinging. You talk about Sel. You talk about Selwyn Ward. There, that's his name. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He just comes in swinging. He's pretty much good off the bat. The mm-hmm. other characters needed a little time. Yeah, and I, I'm really and, and and me like a lot of fans of of this character. I'm actually really like TJ is legitimately one of the bright spots of Turbo. Like he's a he's a, he's a really he's a really good leader. He fills the role as Red Ranger well, uh, and he's our first uh, he's our first black Red Ranger that we get mm-hmm. too. So that's another milestone that we can tick that we can tick. Uh, we can um, that's another milestone box we can check off here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, although. Cassie has uh, in her first episode when they go off and they fight some bad guys to help the Rangers and teachers like, how do you know how to do martial arts? Basically, I'm paraphrasing. And she's like, yeah, my ancestors invented it. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that is pretty flimsy funny. explanation, but funny. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah, totally. totally flimsy. It's like the, kind of embracing the stereotypes a little bit. You know, I had a, I had a friend from college who's, half Chinese and he was working at a restaurant at the time and his friends and his coworkers, I should say, would just walk up to him and just assume he can do martial arts because they're his quote unquote crazy Asian powers. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like say, it's like saying that uh, it's it's like looking at one of your black friends and saying that they automatically are, they automatically know how to play basketball. Like that's, that's stupid. (laughs) It's stupid. Come on. I know how to rap. Well, they know how to rap. Yeah, that's so stupid. That's, it's, border, it's borderline offensive. It's, it's, it's stupid. Yeah, the joke probably wouldn't get made now, but I still think it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I still but, think it's funny. But Cass- and, we, oh, and we get our, I think, isn't Carlos our first Hispanic Ranger, too? Uh, yes, yes, uh, yes, Carlos, uh, so Carlos is our new green ranger, uh, because in, in car ranger, they don't have a black ranger. They have red, yeah. yellow, they pink, sw- the, green. The Sentai's switch, but, uh, the Sentai switch between black and green or white and pink. Usually, usually. Yeah. Yeah. So they have red, blue, they have red, blue, green, pink, and yellow in the Sentai. So Carlos becomes our new green ranger. Uh, and he shows up a few episodes prior. He is actually he's a uh, soccer star. Yeah. He's yeah. He's I and think Ashley's he's, a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because we have to, because it's high school and we have to have cheerleaders. And of course the Hispanic kid loves to play soccer. <laughs> Of course. Of, I mean, they could, there's, there's a lot worse things they could have done with it. Yeah. But yeah. At least, at least Carlos is an enjoyable character. I actually like Carlos. I like Carlos a lot. I like him more in, in space. like a lot of these characters, but I do like Carlos. I yeah, think Carlos, although it I think doesn't help that one of their first missions after this, after the, the weirdo episode that I'm just like, is this a rock concert or some sort of cult initiation when they do the actual passing of the torch? I just, it's so weird. It is so weird. It and looks like a, it looks like a stage show. Yeah, it does. It's just so odd. And uh, that's why I made the joke in the synopsis. It was like they they graduate they graduate 
ranger yeah. school because yeah, they the first episode is them graduating high school which leads me to believe that they were 14 when they started as rangers mm-hmm. <laughs> they were freshmen Four, in high school 14 going on 37 yes yeah, something um. like that yep they, they pulled a steve mcqueen there go watch the blob people anyway i will say as much as as much as zeo was a big deal because that changed a lot of that changed a lot of what we knew of power rangers uh up to that point you know turbo and passing of the tor- uh, passing of the torch was still a big deal like the way it yeah, was we it's can, just we that nobody argue, was watching <laughs> yeah we we can argue back and forth on whether it was effective or whether it was or whether they did it to the best of their ability we can argue that all day i think there's good things and bad things about it but at the end of the day it still is a big deal when you swap out your entire team uh yeah. from what from what you knew before uh hey that you want to talk about rough that was rough. You know what else was rough? One of this team's first missions after this is they get baked into a pizza. Because that makes a heck of a lot more sense in Car Ranger. It does make a heck of a lot more sense in Car Ranger. Moving on. Yes, moving on. So supporting cast. Oh, let's keep counting the mistakes. <laughs> oh, I got so many questionable and just plain old bad decisions okay so i don't want to i don't want to dwell on this too much but i have a question i have a question why on godzilla's green earth did they choose to have a jive talking alpha five or alpha six six because zordon and alpha five leave after the three-part premiere the proper premiere for whatever reason, because someone decided, oh, let's get rid of Zor- let's get rid of some of the things that actually work, namely Zordon and Alpha, and we'll replace them with a new mentor and a new assistant. And good lord, Alpha Six speaking jive. Yo, yo, this, yo, ranges. This ranges. just screams adults <laughs> trying to be cool for the kids. This is like when you're a little kid or you're a teenager and your parents try to dress like you and talk like you. And you're just like, no, this is more embarrassing than when you're using your old timey lingo boomers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's just this is just sad because the writers are like well this is what this is what's hip with the kids no it's not (laughs) just just, no this is bad this is just bad all around who thought what were they thinking to quote james rolf it's just it's just no so Uh, so i mean alpha five would occasionally occasionally try to use some teenage, you know, it's like teenage talk. You would call the Rangers dudes and dudettes or something like that. But that was just a little bit thrown in there for some flavor. Okay. He didn't talk jive. <laughs> what is this? Oh, uh, so that, that just made him annoying. If you thought, Al- I'm sure there are some people who thought alpha was annoying because of his high pitched voice and everything. If you didn't like alpha five, Good Lord, Alpha 6 just walks right up to you and punches you in the nose, or at least I, max your ears. <laughs> I um I will say that the, I will say that the Alpha 6 
the Alpha Six suit, the the little suit, the new suit that they made for Alpha for the for the movie and for the or I think it was in Zio. Yeah, it was in, it started in Zio, uh, but the the new Alpha suit looks great. Um, I don't like Alpha Six. I th- well, I will say this: the the characterization, the mannerisms, the the personality traits from Alpha Five to Alpha Fit, Alpha Six have not changed. The biggest difference is the voice, and the voice is terrible. So we can move on to Demetria yeah. now. Demetria, talk about a downgrade from Zordon. How is this character but, helpful? But Nathan, is it really a downgrade? Oh, you, you were you going to try to do the entire episode doing nothing but speaking in riddles and asking questions? Should I speak in riddles and ask questions? Oh, good Lord. Episode? Here we go. <laughs> because that's her thing. She speaks in riddles and asks no- and does nothing but ask questions for the first half of the season. I'm like, how is this helpful? I understand if you're the mentor that you need to ask your students questions to get them to think and grow. I get it. But that's not imparting instruction and wisdom. That's just being obtuse. <laughs> well, Nathan, how would you import knowledge and wisdom? By being direct. <laughs> giving a isn't little it, tough love. <laughs> isn't direct and tough love seen as... How long are you going to keep this bit going? Because I'm already running out of patience. <laughs> how thin is your patience right now? <laughs> So many jokes. Ah! <laughs> okay, so, so many jokes. Uh, okay, okay, so, uh, so okay, so, fine. As thin as your skin. Oh, that's not. F- I have thick skin, <laughs> sir. What are you talking about? Uh, yes, because you're a big boy. Anyway, so so Demetria is, in my opinion, the biggest one of the biggest letdowns of this entire season. Uh, I hate every moment that she's on screen because it, she annoys the ever loving crap out of me with asking constant questions. I get it. I get the shtick. I do. I totally do, but I just don't like her as a mentor character. I think that you can, like you said, you can ask questions of your students and still, uh, but uh, but, you're speaking to somebody who, whose day job is is teaching college students. Mm-hmm. I don't just throw a bunch of questions at them all the time. I don't hate the idea of, of Demetria. I really don't like bringing it like Zordon has to leave. He has to go back to his home planet. Uh, that's fine. Whatever. Like they bring in another, they bring in another totally new mentor. Okay, fine. I'm on board, but the characterization and everything about her, I don't like. Yeah, it, that was another just massive mistake. I was just like I, the the sheer pile of bad and questionable decisions in this show is astonishing. Mm-hmm. It is such a train wreck at so many points. So a lot of this, a lot of this, and and I may, I'm, I'll probably repeat this in my final thoughts, but this is kind of some foreshadowing. Let's just say that um, a lot of these changes feel like they were made just because no reason, so. no reason, no rhyme, no nothing about no thought process behind them. 
it's it's changes for I guess changes for changes sake, not nothing, nothing yeah. more, nothing less. Yeah. And then they take the at least, you know, well, then they take the sub popular supporting cast and they do questionable things with them too. Nobody gets nobody gets off scot free in this season. So Lieutenant Stone is no longer a, a detective for whatever reason, or a cop again for whatever reason, and now he's replacing Ernie. At the juice bar? Why? Well, you know, he, he, wants to <laughs> he wants to retire in the way he wants to retire, Nathan. I don't see the problem here. Okay. But, you know, that's not so bad. I can work with that. Sure. Does the show hate Bulk and Skull now, too? Because who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> oh, God, the monkeys. For the first half of the season, they get turned into monkeys. I was because just like, okay. Yeah, there, the bulk and skull shtick as comic relief at points did kind of strain it perilously close to cringe. Now you're like, well, monkeys are popular with the kids, so let's make them monkeys. God. And and no one noticed, like no one started to question, oh, where's bulk and skull? We've not seen bulk and skull in a while. Like, where are they at? Oh, uh, and they and their whole thing is like, oh my gosh, we're monkeys. We need to get ourselves cured of being monkeys. But nobody could understand us. And, you know, ridiculous animal shenanigans ensue while, uh, the whole season while we're trying to do things and making banana jokes. And it's just like, oh my God. It's played, just, for la it's played for laughs and to be cute. Honest to God, it's played for laughs and to try to be cute. And that's it. Yeah, and it tries, it, it's the textbook definition of try hard. Yeah. <sighs> And then about again about halfway you can tell about halfway through the season there the <laughs> the filmmakers are like this is not going well we need to course correct as much as we can and one of the things that which is another one of the few things that will probably keep this from being bottom tier Power Rangers when all is said and done is because they try to course correct in the second half and one oh, yeah. of those being was like we need to not have Bulk and Skull be monkeys anymore. Yeah, but we're also yeah. but then we're going to have them sort of cure themselves and then they're invisible for a couple of episodes. So they're like, oh, my gosh, we're invisible and we're going to live that up. And then that gets played for laughs for oh, mercifully for only like an episode or two. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it, it's fine. Like like you said, the, the series does or the, the season does course correct about halfway through. And I've told and I told you this before you even started watching Turbo. I said the first half is a slog to get through. It really is. Um, but the second half, they try to course correct and things start to pick up around the last, I'd say like the last quarter to last third of this. Yeah. Of this show. I will say this because they try. It's mm -hmm. still really awkward at points, but they try. Mm -hmm. And they managed to build, we'll talk a little bit more about it, I'm sure, here in a second when we talk about the villains. But they do manage to build to a solid finale. In fact, it's one of the, it's one of probably the best finales that we've gotten in the franchise. I don't know if yeah. I would go that far. Because I, like I said, I feel like it's it's a lot of it is undeserved. I mean, but... it does like there are moments, though, in that finale. You have to admit there are moments in that finale that just rip your heart out. Yeah, the, when it's trying to be Lord of the Rings before Lord of the Rings is good Lord. That was a lot of extras <laughs> doing a lot of stuff because <laughs> yeah. it's the Battle of Helm's Deep. OK, on the power mm -hmm. chamber. 
That's mm -hmm. pretty. Although somehow they never figure out where it is. How did you not know where it is? Oh, wait. You're the villains in Turbo. Right. Right. Apparently nobody decided to consult with Re <laughs> uh, with Zed and Rita and find out where this stuff is. Maybe you just asked the wrong questions. And it's Elgar that gets to discover the power chamber. Like, how is that? By accident. By by accident, yeah, because he happens yeah. to see, because he happens, what, five five streaks of light, five Power Rangers, <gasps> they're oh, heading no. to the command center. Oh, yeah, so he just finds it. So the, it, it's yeah. this two-part siege. The, mm -hmm. Their Zords are gone, which is a Power Rangers tradition. You get toward the end of the semester, get rid of the Zords so they don't have mm -hmm. that to fall back on. So the yeah. Zords are gone. Demetria, and Al uh, Demetria has left, and, uh, you know... And so they're basically left on their own at a very bad time. That's another reason that the villains attack is because Dimitri is gone. I will mm -hmm. say this. I will say this. What the uh, what they did start making Dimitri not be so obtuse second half of the season. The other thing I do kind of appreciate is the actress who plays her ended up playing. We'll get to her in a second. The main villain from the mm -hmm. movie because the original actress had to leave on maternity leave. Mm hmm. Yeah. And they played that up for laughs a little bit and kind of played around with it because Demetria implies that she has a sister. And there's a point where the villain impersonates Demetria and she's just doing her normal voice. But that's why Demetria has a veil over her face. So you can't tell that it's the same actress. Right. So I'll, I'll give it credit for that. At least they played that up a little bit. They made good use of that. I wish they would have, well, I won't say good use, but I, cause I wish they would have played with it a little bit more. Yeah. There's a lot of things I wish they would have played with more, but anyway, so it's the power chamber under siege. Rangers are desperately trying to defend it, but mm. eventually the bad guys break through. And like I said, I still feel like it's undeserved because it's these villains, but Rygar gets to basically blow the place up. Rygar. And, excuse me, Elgar. No, Elgar Ry gets to blow the place up. No, and Rygog. I know that's the other character's name, but I'm talking about Elgar. Elgar okay. blows the place up in one of his rare moments of genuine menace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like I said, it's just so odd. So. Everything is just gone. They lose their powers. All their mentors are gone. The villains win. That's the weirdest thing about this. That it, that would seem to be a little bit of a of a tradition at this point. Is like let the villains win in the mm -hmm. uh, in the finale. We saw that at the end of Mighty Morphin and Alien Rangers. We're seeing it again here. Admittedly, in some ways, they're just repeating what they did before. Blow the base up. Except this mm -hmm. time, it doesn't regenerate for some funny reason. But that season, but the season finale in Turbo is very effective, though. You yeah. have to admit, like it I said, is, it's pretty it effective. effective. And then it ends with a lot of uncertainty because most mm -hmm. of the team leaves, and they wisely leave Kenny behind because, as Kaiju Kim told me before I recorded an episode of the Film Vault with her, the other Rangers wanted to get as far away from Power Kenny as possible, so they shot themselves into space. <laughs> It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Oh, so, yeah. So it ends, like I said, it ends on a lot of uncertainty. It ends with setting up what was, you know, what, 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 it was setting up a lot of new things, a new status quo and all of that. And we'll get into that in the next episode. So I'll give a credit for that. Mm -hmm. <sighs> but let's talk about another 
couple of high, I will say high points in this. I know when we did the initial botched recording, you were challenging me to say nice things about this. And well, here's a couple of couple of them for you. Are they're not really sixth rangers? They come perilously close to being sixth rangers. Mm-hmm. So they're more like allies. Although the uh, one of them is closer to a sixth ranger, I think, than the other. But the blue centurion and the phantom ranger. Mm-hmm. So I just want to start off by saying that I think it's great that we have the blue centurion, aka Signal Man. <laughs> From the yeah, it's, it's Signal Man, yeah. Yeah, basically Blue Centurion is the tokusatsu love child of Robocop and the Terminator. Because <laughs> he's from the future when he first shows up and he's like, I have a message that is actually foreshadowing the next season's finale. But you don't all know that yet. The Millennium Message. And only our villain gets to hear about it. So she has secret knowledge, which is interesting. So they were trying to build some intrigue here. I'll mm-hmm. give him credit for that. But yeah. he basically looks like, like I don't know, like Prowl from Transformers if he was a tokusatsu medals, a metal hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he, he's a cop. And I think it's really cool that we have basically a superhero cop in this mm-hmm. show. It's. I think that sets a really great example for kids to see something that is actually somewhat recognizable. He talks like the gimmick that they do because he's a robot is he keeps doing the like you know, at the end of a uh, of uh, an intercom radio when police officers would talk to each other. He ends every sentence like that. It's a little bit weird, but I like it. It's a. It's weird. It, it, it's weird, and I like it too. I think uh, I like your point of it's nice to have like like good role it, it's nice to have like stuff that resembles like what we see in our everyday life as a good role model for kids mm-hmm. um in 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 the blue centurion so um so so kudos to them but of course this is uh the days before uh, this is the days before you know things became very polarized and and everything but this was like the late 90s so you know civilization was you know, we pretty much got along with each other at that point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's nice to see, it's nice to see, uh, a, a good role model mm-hmm. like the, the blue centurion, because mm-hmm. he is characterized as this, you know, this person he's incorruptible, he's incorruptible, right? Yeah, he's incorruptible. Yeah. They he's, say he's incorruptible unless you use magic. They mess with him with magic or you have to mislead him. Cause that's what, the villains do is they mm-hmm. they convince because they say well we can't corrupt him we can't reprogram him but we can make him think the rangers are criminals right which, which is what they do which and is then, fine, but, but then once he realizes the rangers are criminals he's like oh i am not going to stand for this anymore <laughs> which is in, which is a lot like i, I forgot the i forgot the static <laughs> i am not going to stand for this anymore <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lot like what they did with Signal Man in in the Sentai, um, and the thing about Signal Man or the thing about the the Blue Centurion is that he always fights for perfect justice, which I think that um, I think that's always a good thing for for kids to look up to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He shows up a few times, not a whole lot. Sometimes I wish he would show up a little bit more. 
And like I said, the big thing he did is he came from the future and because he had a message to give to the Rangers, he ended up revealing it in R2-D2 fashion to the villains. So they had secret knowledge. And then due to damage he suffered during a battle, he wasn't able to relay the message to the Rangers. Mm -hmm. But we as the audience know, because he says that at the turn of the millennium, the United Alliance of Evil is going to come together and try to conquer the universe, and only the Rangers can stop them. So it's foreshadowing what they had kind of intended to be this big thing they were going to do at the year 2000. And then when they thought the show, they were going to get canceled, they're like, well, we're going to have to speed things up a little bit. <laughs> so, I was getting ready to ask, Is does this mean that in space is a time skip, or is... No, they just stepped it up. Yeah. They just stepped it up only by a year, because in space ended in 1999. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not too much. So I give them credit. They used him well. Yeah. To, sure. you know, to foreshadow all of this. I wish they had played around with that a little bit more. Like the villains were like, we know things that are coming, you know, but they don't. Oh, well, this is another Turbo. missed oppor- another missed opportunity. I agree. Uh, there's a long list of them, but then we have the phantom ranger. <laughs> The Phantom Ranger is really cool. He is very different from his Sentai counterpart. I looked it up. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh yeah, he's incredibly different from <laughs> this. Like what now, is it like VCV Master is what he's called? He's like a little Yoda alien. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but in this, he's just portrayed as this very mysterious. He just kind of swoops in, helps the Rangers, and leaves. Kind of, kind of character. Yeah, he's very mysterious. Cassie has a crush on him. He's of course. Uh, he's basically a Power Ranger predator because <laughs> he can turn Whoa, invisible. That, that- that doesn't sound right at all. You know what I'm talking about. Talking about the Arnold movie. So <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I know you can turn invisible and he just owns most of the villains when he's around and we don't know anything about him. They play around with the idea of revealing his identity because nobody knows who he is, but then they never quite do it. But then we have, you know, he's in several really big episodes where he nearly dies, which seems to be a little bit of a thing with him. <laughs> he's either awesome or he's getting the snot kicked out of him. <laughs> it's just how he rolls. And so he was a, I thought he was a great addition. I just wish that they had plans in the next season to pay off a lot of stuff and tie some loose ends up, but they never quite do it. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I liked the mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a sure. cool design too. He's dressed all in black with silver accents. It's great. Um, I don't particularly care for how Boom has portrayed him in the comics. I, I yeah, think where it's they not- decided to act because they decided to actually explain who he is, sort of. Sort of, yeah. I don't. Do we like want to that. talk about with the ideas they did have, or save that for the next episode? Let's save it for the yeah. Let's save it for the next episode because uh, the Phantom Ranger does come back. Spoiler, and uh, he plays a, a more interesting role in in the uh, yeah. Well, the way he's thing. used in here isn't bad. Yeah, it's not bad here. So it was a nice addition. Shake things up a little bit. Are we talking about Bubatox now? Oh, you're going to steal that from me. You 
jerk. You stole it from me. I was going <laughs> to drop that first. I told our friend Kaiju Kim that I was going to call her Boobatox when the time came in the episode. And she's like, oh, yes, you better. I, so I have the blessing of Kaiju Kim to call this character Boobatox, and you stole it from me. I have been waiting this entire recording, avoiding using that name or her real name, and you stole it from me. You're you just you want me to hate this episode, don't you? You are wanting you are not helping Turbo's case. Okay. You are going to give me like podcast PTSD associated with this show. So Boobatox. So Boobatox. Yes. Your favorite part of this season. Or your favorite two parts of this season. Or at least the movie. Because <laughs> let's be honest, you covered the movie on your flagship show, Kaiju Weekly. Mm-hmm. And good Lord, the jokes. <laughs> oh, man. The, that, and those are, just the jo- those are just the jokes that made it into the recording. The stuff that couldn't oh. make, The stuff that got cut is incredibly, uh, is incredibly yes. funnier. Uh, I, I'll just say this for the sake of time and PG-ness. Righty and lefty. Diva Talks is not Booba Talks is not her name. That it's would have been Div- amazing though. It's <laughs> Diva Talks. Uh, I don't she is such a downgrade. Oh my gosh. I just like give me Rita and Zed. I will take neutered Zed over Diva Talks. That's how much I don't like her. I will take neutered Zed over this. She's such a huge downgrade. She's just a space pirate who, depending on the day, again, like I said in the synopsis, either wants to plunder Earth or conquer the universe. I'm like, will you pick a plan? What are your ambitions? Please be clear. I need to be able to figure out what kind of a threat level you are. But because she's just a space pirate and not a witch or a despot or anything, the machine empire was a whole freaking empire. Okay, uh-huh. that's a little terrifying. Zed was an overlord of evil. Rita was a space witch. She's a, a she's a bratty space pirate. The frick, she would have been fine as like a one-off villain or something like that. But no, we're gonna make her the villain for the whole dang season. Just no. You're just banking on you're just banking on that corset. How much are you banking on that corset? Because it's not working. <laughs> I mean, I hope you're not banking too much on that corset because that thing looks like it's ready to bust. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, bust <laughs> out for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. That, I think that but I think that corset was there to make the dads happy, just like Dulcia was in the Mighty Morphin movie to make the dads happy. Well, they definitely they definitely toned her down from from the movie. Yeah, because they realize because they realized Boobatox was a little too hot for TV too. Mm-hmm. So, but they for also sure. changed. But like I said, they changed actresses. And here's the thing: I'm already not a fan of Divatox because she's annoying. She is mm-hmm. b- just beyond annoying. Such a huge, I can't, that's the problem. That's one of the other big problems Turbo has. I can't take the villains seriously. When you undermine your villains, you undermine your heroes too. Because if you can't take the threat posed by the villains seriously, 
then the heroes don't mean a whole lot. And mm-hmm. that's the problem here because she's just, she's so comical. She's comical to the point of incompetence, even, and her, her henchmen are even worse. Like her henchmen are so incompetent that she gets annoyed at them. That's not a good sign. And she's just, she's a, and in the movie, she's just a glorified gold digger. That's all she, she wants to marry a demon to get his power. I'm like, congratulations. You're just pulling a Rita, but you don't know how to do it. <laughs> Oh, 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 wow. Throwing shade. Throwing shade. Uh, But here's the thing. I will say this much about Divatox. Hillary Shepard Turner plays the character much better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not a big fan of Carol Hoyt. Oh, absolutely. Who plays Divatox for the first half of the season. Again, go again. Course correction halfway through the season. Right. But she finally came back from maternity leave after she was in the movie. She plays the character so much better. Nothing right. against Carol Hoyt. She just wasn't quite right for this role. Right. But yeah. I, like I said. I am so glad. I am so glad that they ditched the bomb motif. About that was Midway weird, through. but it was... <sighs> It was, I think they were tapping into the headlines at this point. We're talking, this is the mid to late nineties, things like the Unabomber and the Oklahoma city bombing, the first trade center attack. Those were all things that were very prominent in the news. So I'm guessing they're thinking, well, if they're space pirates, let's basically make them terrorists. And they're just going to plant bombs, try to blow stuff up. I don't know how that's supposed to help Divatox take over the universe, like she says in the first episode, but like I said, she forgets what she wants to do most episodes. Maybe not the universe, just like a few hundred square miles. All I'm saying is, my fan theory, my headcanon, so to speak, is that she dated Captain Mutiny. Like I said, Hillary Shepard Turner does her best with the role. I think she you could tell she loves being Divatox. And I think as the season progresses, she starts figuring out, I think the writers start figuring it out too, how to, if they're like, okay, we have this character, so we're just going to have to figure out how to make this, make the character work. Mm -hmm. And I will confess, I will confess, she's, there are points where she's funny as the character, like genuinely funny as the Mm -hmm. character. You know, she's got some good singers, I will admit. And she isn't, she invented a catchphrase on the fly for the character too, right? Uh, yes. Viva la diva! Yeah. Which weirdly works. But like I said, the big problem is that she is the one who destroys the power chamber and leads the siege on it, and it Mm. doesn't feel earned. If it was Mondo, if it was Zed and Rita, anybody but her, it would have felt earned. It didn't feel earned here. It felt it felt almost as earned as the Ranger powers in the 2017 movie. Get over yourself, okay? I was just, it's just I thought you liked everything. Uh, well, I thought you liked everything, Power Rangers. Oh, oh, it, you're just upset that I shared a hype meme that poked fun at you for not realizing that the, they used the theme song from the original movie and the 2017 movie. And oh boy, our upcoming guest for that episode has already started owning you. <laughs> Jack doesn't own me. Moving on. <laughs> uh, anyway so then we have her general her nephew Elgar mm-hmm. 
who at least in the movie presents some level of threat. And then he just becomes a buffoon. And when you're trying to be comic relief for a bunch of already comical villains that you can't take seriously, it doesn't quite work because you don't stand out. I have mixed feelings about Elgar because there are some moments in the show where he actually is effective at what he's trying to do. He's much more terrifying in the movie. He's my, the his characterization is much more vicious in the movie. I wish they would have carried that over into the television show. He's kind of like Rito where he, he can be mean and vicious in some instances, but for the most part, he's just a bumbling idiot. So El, there's not a whole lot to say about Elgar. Uh, he, he's, he's fine. He serves his purpose. Uh, he's a buffoon. But at this point, a lot of the villains in the franchise are played for laughs. Uh, probably one of the more interesting villains. Um, and this is not even a part of the main crew of of uh, of our. Oh, you mean uh, uh, Bubatox's brother? Bubatox's brother or Divatox's brother? Yes, General Havoc. General <sighs> Havoc, who was a breath of fresh air, I have to say. I oh, wish he was yeah. on for more than what three, four episodes. It's like, yeah, it was like three or four episodes. Like his whole th- his whole shtick was, they go, they he come, he comes, he and he takes uh, Divatox's sub, which is shaped like a fish, by the way, which is incredibly funny. Yeah, and they uh, make monsters grow by shooting quote unquote torpedoes at them. Fire the torpedoes! Uh, uh, not doesn't have nearly as good a ring as make my monster grow, right? Uh, but General Havoc comes uh, comes on the scene about and definitely not nearly as good as around and around and the wheel. No, we go. Uh, um, so General Havoc comes on the scene and takes the the sub to space to the space base because that's what we're calling it, uh, to the space base, which is in the Sentai, just a big uh, bar hangout spot for the for the space highway pirates or space highway, a space highway, the space highway pirates or space highway gang. I think I think they're just a, a space highway gang or something like that in the Sentai. They're not actual pirates, although they kind of look like pirates still. Anyway, moving on. So they so and you ha- sent me a picture of the main villain from the uh, from Car Ranger and uh, who boy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they have their own Bubatox for sure. <laughs> anyway, so so General, ha- so, so, Elgar, so General Havoc is a good character. I wish I'm like you. I, I wish there would have, um, I wish there would have been more of him throughout the for, throughout the series. But you know, he was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. So back to the main crew main villains. Yeah. And then we move on to Rygog. And honestly, I feel like Rygog is a little bit redundant because he's kind of another general, but he does even less than Elgar. Maybe it's because that suit is just so that cumbersome. That suit looks ridiculous. <laughs> and I mean, how does he have any, per- he has no peripheral vision. I'm just, want to say that it, it's like the, he's already this big bulky guy with his ogre looking face and these big shoulder pads that come up and curve around like they're massive like he it's like a collar that you know goes through that's three feet tall and it's just it's one of those things where it's like this only works in tokusatsu and it already looks weird <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, i don't know 
why he's there. He looks mean. He sounds mean, but he does even less than Elgar. So he is. He's there. He's there as sort of like the more stoic character like how like how how the characterization of goldar became uh in the later seasons where goldar was still a pretty serious character but his seriousness is played more for laughs because while everything else around him is just so ridiculous rygog is the one trying to take things seriously yeah and it's, it, it's, so it's i guess funny. he's there to be a foil for elgar a little yeah a little bit but it's just again it's just trying to set it up for not even sitcom shenanigans just (laughs) just comic relief and then we have our monster makers we do have a monster maker this season porto Porto, who's not the movie he's in the tv show this character is weird (laughs) he looks like he's in a big balloon Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it has a, a, a scuba gear mask like an old-timey scuba gear mask. It looks like a porthole. Maybe that's why he's called Porto. He has mm-hmm. a porthole. Mm-hmm. I can't even describe his voice. I can't do that voice. Uh, it's like it's, it's like if you take your if you take your finger and move them over your lips like I bet that's how the voice actor did that too. Probably, but but that's essentially <laughs> oh, what my the, poor Mike. My poor poor Mike. <laughs> it's not perfect. It's not it's not a perfect representation of it, but that's close enough. So yeah, yeah Porto is our monster maker. He is our technician. Anytime there is a technical issue or an issue with creating a monster. Uh, the monster of the week usually comes from a suggestion by, or is being just brought in by Porto himself because yeah. apparently he has this long list of this long list of friends. I guess that they've made throughout the galaxy yeah. together. I will say this: he's at least weird. He's yeah. in, he's weird in design. He's weird in personality. It's. Uh, <laughs> So I'll give them that. They embrace the weirdness with him, and they occasionally give him some moments to shine where he's like, I'm totally being respected by Diva Talks. You know, so he <laughs> gets to branch out at least a little bit. Yeah, he gets his own he gets his own Zord at one point. One yeah, for of the a di- hot minute. For a hot minute, like one of the diva zords. He gets one of those. Yeah, the diva zords. Um, <laughs> the diva zords. Those were kind of funny, admittedly. But yeah, so yeah. I give him credit. It, Porto out of this batch of villains is probably my favorite, but that's he doesn't have a whole lot of competition at this point. But it, like I said, it's more just because of the sheer weird factor with him. Mm. <laughs> genuinely weird yeah. oh and then those poor foot soldiers the sh- even the it's it's like with the tangas this show hates the foot soldiers <laughs> now the thing that's really odd is in the movie and i actually liked what they did in the movie in the movie they are clearly guys wearing armor like they have helmets they're called the piranatron so they have helmets that look like piranhas but you can tell you can see the actors faces through it because it doesn't cover their whole face Right. You know, and I like that. That I was like, okay, that's at least a decent design. They throw that out completely and it's the the masks just completely cover their faces. I'm not even sure if they're robots or human or whatever. And then they get a theme song that much like with the Tangas in season three of Mighty Morphin, it insults them. <laughs> they're putrid, they're nasty, they're awful. Piranatrons. Piranatrons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like they're stupid. They're crazy. They're all. Aw- they're awful. Piranatrons. It's like 
Do you hate yourself, show? I'm detecting a lot of self-loathing here. Why do well, you hate everything in your sh- in yourself? I think I think too that they were trying to tap into they were trying to tap into a little bit of that a little bit of what made the Sentai work, which was the self-parody. But they didn't quite but it but instead it's because of coming, it's so it's totally inconsistent. It can't but, figure itself out. But instead of coming off as uh, endearing and funny, it comes off as pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. Not impressed I, with the Piranatrons. I'm not impressed with the Piranatrons I mean, either. The, the, the I think tangas, I like them a little bit more than the Tangas. I think I like the Tangas. not by a lot. I like the Tangas more because at least the Tangas could talk and they had some funny moments, but because eh, yeah, they're, okay. they're birds. Okay. I, I'm with you there. Okay, I changed my mind. Plus, I have to maintain my rep. I have to maintain my rep for being a turbo hater. So, moving on. But I don't have a. But I, honest to God, don't have a problem with the Piranatrons. Honestly, I wish they would have went with, with the Sentai, and had. I don't. I cannot remember what they're called in the Sentai, but they're called the Craterites. In um, is it the Craterites or is it the, the Craterites some, are the next season? That's that's right. The Craterites are in the next season. Uh, no, but, but it's the we see them because General Havoc has a few of them as henchmen, and they used it as a monster of the week at one point early on. Yeah. Oh, they're called. I'm sorry. Not they're not called craterites. They're called uh, chromites. Yeah. That's what they're called. Yeah. They're not called crater. Craterites are the um, are in, in. You're right. They're in space. They're the purple. Yeah. They're, 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 they're the purple in there, but they're only one episode. But they're the henchmen in Mega Ranger. Yeah, but same with um, same with um, in turbo. Same with this. Like they used one of the craterites, uh, or not craterites. I'm getting them confused. Uh, they used one of the chromites as a monster of the week, and they called it the shadow chromite. And he's basically a shapeshifter. Yeah, uh, and then they tried to do the evil rangers bit again, mm-hmm. which was just weird. It was just the ranger costumes with no color. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, because it's weird. But speaking about, well, we'll talk about Monsters of the Week here in a bit. Now we got to talk about the ridiculous number of Zords that are in this. Good grief. Oh, there are so many Zords. Good there grief. So- Buy them toys. Buy them toys. So we start off in the movie with the Turbo Megazord and everything switches to cars, which <sighs> dinosaurs, Zodiac animals, uh, you know, uh, mythic ninja animals. The Egyptian stuff from Zio, and then we go to cars. Feels like a downgrade. I know kids like cars, especially boys, and Transformers was a thing, but I don't know. Just feels like a little bit of a downgrade, even as much as I try to make these cars look cool and they can inexplicably grow huge. Which make, they're they're in the movie they're normal sized cars and then they magically get gigantic. I'm like, what the frick just happened? I, whatever. So the Turbo Megazord with Red Lightning, Mountain Blaster, which is blue, Desert Thunder, which is green, Wind Chaser, which is pink, and Dune Star, which is yellow. Mm-hmm. So these five cars that combine together into a robot. If you've seen a combiner team in Transformers, you basically know what to expect. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Turbo Megazord's fine. I'll say yeah, that. I think Turbo it's, Megazord's it's fine. fine. It's fine. It looks good. It looks good in the show. It looks good. It, I thought it looked really good in the movie. I think uh, that is the same suit from, that's the same exact suit from 
Car Ranger. Like I like the Turbo Megazord. I think the I personally think the Turbo Megazord is is underrated. I I I like it. It's not my favorite, but I still like it. Yeah, yeah. And it look like I said, it looks decent. It's finishing move. I think what is it called? Like power spin out or something like that, where it just it gets out of its sword and just spins around like a ballerina and crack and, just, yeah. and flies through the the monster of the week. It does have a cool pose when it comes to the other side. I will say that. Yeah, it does for sure. Yeah, and then we get a second one because that's what you do in Power Rangers. So we have the Rescue Megazord that mm-hmm. I feel like anticipates Lightspeed Rescue because now we get more cars, but they are emergency vehicle themed to go along with I kind of with the Blue Centurion who has a giant police car as mm-hmm. uh, which is called Robo Racer the, that transforms into a Megazord, which kind of anticipates some later Zords in the next season where it's just one Zord that just transforms into a robot mode. Although we did see some of that in previous seasons, now that I think about it. So we have Lightning Fire Tamer, Siren Blaster, a Thunder Loader, which actually sounds kind of cool, I have to admit. Although although I I hear Thunder Loader and I just feel like it's a souped-up forklift. (laughs) And uh, Star Racer and Wind Rescue. Mm-hmm. And uh, so again, we get another decent-looking new Zord. There's a mandatory episode where one, where the Zords fight each other, which is kind of amusing because the bad guys take it. Uh, bad guys take it over and make the Zords fight each other, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So I was just like, eh, it's there. Yeah. It's fine. None of these Zords are my favorite. Like I don't think I I don't think that the turbos or the Zords in Turbo are not particularly memorable. Um, but they're, they're fine. They're yeah. fine. And since I already mentioned the blue Centurion sword, we have Artillatron that the Phantom Ranger uses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he gets a sword. It's there. And then we get, these are from the Sentai, but they're used to kind of a, a little bit weirdly in this one. They're not swords, but they're kind of like swords. We get sentient cars because if Turbo needs anything, it's Herbie the Love Bug on steroids. Ah. <laughs> Even though we already had the uh, the Rad Bug, that never comes back. Why is Billy not making millions anyway? It's it, uh, you know what probably happened. The I bet you, I bet you, I bet you, Elon Musk found the Rad Bug in this universe, and oh boy, he's swimming in money. <laughs> but uh, in more money, I should say. Anyway, so we have Lightning Cruiser and Storm Blaster. So we have a sports car and an SUV, and they are sentient, mm-hmm. apparently, with no explanation, really. And the Lightning Cruiser is driven by TJ, and Power Kenny gets Storm Blaster. And they kind of like, they talk by making funny electronic noise. At least it wasn't the horn. That would have been a little annoying. But, you know, they make funny little noises, they flash their lights, and they they shake. And so that's supposed to be them communicating. And, you know, during the final, during Chase into Space, during the finale, they try to hold off the horde of Piranatrons, and they get chained up and taken away. And we don't know what happened to them. So there, sentient cars, fits with the motif. Yeah, sure. Unre- uh, unresolved by the end because they because they want they really wanted you to li- like these cars as characters. So I guess they're characters and not Zords. It's weird. <laughs> okay, it's yeah. it, it works. It's fine. Yeah, you know. uh, a, kit, a, a kit and Knight Rider are a thing. 
So <laughs> yeah, you know, too bad they don't talk or maybe they shouldn't have talked anyway, moving on. So let's go. I got a handful of monsters of the week that I want to highlight. I don't know what well, your list is. We've already talked well, about one. Cause I had general havoc as well. Something well, we of a have, monster of the week. Well, we have to cover just really quickly and I'm just, I'm just going to breeze through these. Uh, just because we're in the, we're, we're in the Zord section. So technically these count the diva Zords. Um, I had the diva Zords as monsters of the week. Did you have them as monsters of the week? I actually had them in the Zords category with monsters of the week as, uh, with, I have different monsters of the week, but we can mash them together. It's fine. Let's do that. Yeah. Well, then we'll just talk about the diva Zords. So diva talks. Bubatox, whatever, decides to make her own swords because that's what you do. You fight fire with fire, I guess. And it's a an eagle, a shark, and a cat. Yeah. So the cat is piloted by the cat is piloted by Rygog. The shark is piloted by Divatox herself. And the eagle is piloted by Elgar, which funny enough. Funny enough, or was the, I'm sorry, or was the shark piloted by Porto? I don't remember. Never mind. Never mind. The the shark is piloted by Porto. The eagle is piloted by Divitox. um, And the cat is piloted by, um, by Rygog. And actually, uh, Elgar gets his own Zord, the Terror Zord, which is this robot with gigantic uh, horns. It's a very horny Zord. Um, Thank you. Um, and there you, and then we've got uh, General Havoc Zord, Metallosaurus. So yeah, those well, the- which I also had as a monster of the week. Basically, I guess Mechagodzilla, but not quite as cool. It's no Dragon Zord for sure. Yeah, it's essentially that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And then, so we talked about those. And then my other, one of my other monsters of the week, it's kind of a group we've already talked about a little bit, but the Shadow Rangers. With the, uh, yeah. the, the, what was it? What did you say? Shadow Chromite or whatever it is. Yeah. The Shadow Chromite. The Shadow Chromite. So we're doing the Evil Rangers thing again. It stands out only because they're doing the Evil Rangers motif again. I don't much care for most of the monsters in this. Although, what was it? Like Torch Tiger was kind of interesting because he literally had to have gas pumped into his back. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was interesting. Also, one that I had, which was the Pharaoh, he was kind of interesting. Uh, which, weirdly enough, is in the show at least, uh, he is Divatox's former fiance. So this woman gets around. <laughs> I was gonna say she gets around and has a type, <laughs> right? <laughs> Apparently, she even kind of knows Dark Specter a little bit. But anyway. <laughs> on in the biblical sense uh moving on <laughs> uh the other one i had was the last monster of the week that they had in part one of the finale which was gold goyle who oh yeah you told me is actually the main villain in car ranger yes he continuing is the-, the tradition of reducing sentai main villains into monsters of the week he is in the Sentai. He is more the dark specter type character. Uh, he's pretty cool. But like I said, he's just, he's reduced to just being a monster of the week, a crazy powerful monster of the week. And he's why there are no Zords in right. the, the second half of the finale. Mm-hmm. 
because the Rangers yeah. are barely able to beat him, and that's only by self-destructing the Zords. Oh yeah, it was that was a that was an interesting two. That was an inter. No, 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 no. They were able to defeat him by uh, using the turbo ram their like their specialty weapon when they combine all their weapons together they make the turbo ram they were they used uh, that to basically feed it to gold goil he swallows it it self-destructs and there you go that's how they defeated gold goil gold uh-huh. goil yeah well there you go do you have any other monsters of the week to chat about um, uh, the only other one, probably the only other one, be only because I like the design of it. A lot of these monsters are just pretty ridiculous looking like Flashhead, uh, the Voltmeister, which is basically, <laughs> which is a lion tamer who, who can invoke electricity powers. Uh, Mad Mike, just which the is pizza the pizza guy, the pizza guy. Like a lot of these creatures are just ridiculous. Who puts the Wolf- Rangers in a giant microwave and bakes them into a pizza. Wolfgang Amadeus Gorilla, um, <laughs> the Elvis, the Elvis monster towards the beginning of the Chris season. With a name like Wolfgang Amadeus, you make him an Elvis impersonator, right? <laughs> Pretty, pretty much. Uh, but this one, just because I think it's a cool looking design, Terror Tooth. Oh, yeah, I remember Terror Tooth. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a cool looking design. It, it's really there's really not much to chat about. It's a it's a lizard with a gigantic mouth and a, a mouthful of massive teeth. Well, he has to live up to that name. True. And this is actually the ep- this is actually the episode. Um, with the where, blue centurion with the blue centurion yes yeah the millennium message all right normally this is the part where we have a nice little thematic discussion about the season but turbo is such a mess it's hard to find one i would say if i had to distill it if i had to if i had to pick something that that represents this season the best it's probably the theme of identity crisis except when we say identity crisis it's more in the meta textual sense Mm -hmm. because like we've made abundantly clear a lot of changes were made and it mucked everything up Mm -hmm. and people didn't like it the kids didn't like it it just wasn't the same show anymore. And then it tries to course correct halfway through, try to get you know back to what people like, but it wasn't quite enough. They can only do so much with what they had. Right. And and you know, with changing the changing the whole cast, which changed the whole identity of the show. And as we've explained, not all of these characters, the new characters were fully fleshed out at this point in Turbo because it's Turbo. Right, <laughs> you know, and you know, it's just all of that stuff. The show and the franchise couldn't figure itself out. It's right. desperately trying to reinvent itself, and it wasn't quite working. Mm-hmm. In fact, it, as we've already pointed out, there were a lot of questionable and just plain bad decisions right. with this. I mean, it was it. I almost feel like, in a way, it was kind of inevitable because there was kind of this slow progression to this point we've been seeing mm-hmm. it coming it started yeah. with zeta zeta i keep using their super couple name zed and rita getting married and then the villain started becoming progressively more comical 
we had we got away from that a little bit with Zio, but then Zio had its own kind. You know, but it, but then it made the original villains into basically a sitcom family, and then we get to Turbo, where they shift so hard into that area that it doesn't, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and I feel like I mean, if you want to relate it to you know it's something that we can all understand, I think there are all I think all of us can say that there were points, particularly when we're young, that you get to a point where you have a crisis of identity and you're trying to figure yourself out and you try to reinvent yourself. You know, mm-hmm. when people go through midlife crises, they do that. Now I'm hearing people talking about quarter life crisis crises when people hit about you know, hit their mid twenties and they start freaking out. And then yeah. the people, when they hit around 40, they freak out again with that. And a lot of teenagers freak out about that because they're trying to figure themselves out and they do stupid, crazy things, to try to figure out who they are mm-hmm. and test their limits and all of that. And so, but like I said, it doesn't really come through in the show, but it's definitely true. Like I said, in a meta textual sense. Yeah. Yeah, there was there's just a lot. There's just a lot of things that they were trying and experimenting with to 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 try to breathe some like new fresh life into the franchise and it just was not quite landing. Yeah. Yeah, hence why you do silly things like try to talk like the kids. Uh, yo 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 and I'll just oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm talking alpha. I I still believe that they tried to embrace the, uh, where, like we said, like we talked about how car ranger was a parody of its, of, of the, of the franchise. I I still think that they tried to embrace, uh, a self parody of them, of the ranger franchise. But they didn't go far enough with it. They didn't go, but you're right. They didn't go far enough. If they had just leaned into that, like if they had gone all the way, that's part of the identity crisis. They're like, we want to be kind of serious, but we want to be a campy par- self parody. But so we we want to have all of it. You can't do all of it. You can't no, make could. it mesh, which is why I'm lo- really looking forward to seeing Power Rangers RPM, which apparently manages to be both incredibly dark and humorously self aware. I'm like, how does this work? I have to mm-hmm. know. And, you know. So uh, anyway. But they don't go. You need to go one way or the other when you have some. We have things that are so diametrically opposed, like this. Either that, or you come up with a clever way to make them play off of each other. But they don't do that, and so they really should have leaned leaned in one way or the other. Right. So, and because of that, there's too much inconsistency. People can't. The audience can't latch on to anything, and it's. The same when you're dealing when people when people have identity crises, they try to lean in one way, but you just end up creating this very inconsistent caricature of yourself when you're doing it. You know, yeah. like I said, you know, uh, the midlife crisis thing again. The joke slash stereotype is that particularly men, when they hit that age, they do crazy things like go buy a sports car so they can relive their youth, or they buy a motorcycle. Because they want to be cool and you know it, it, young again and all of that sort of stuff and and sometimes and sometimes midlife crisis or quarter life or midlife crises can come you know unplanned like you don't plan for you you don't plan for to go through a, a personal crisis like I've been through my own uh, personal crises 
in the last couple of years. And it's caused me to have to, you know, reevaluate some things about my own life, you know, personally and professionally. And, you know, that does happen. That is a part of, that is a part of life. That is a part of living. And sometimes you can either just roll with it. Um, you can wallow in it or you can roll with it. And as far as like turbo goes, I just choose to roll with it. No pun intended. Power Rangers roll out. <laughs> I had to. Anyway, <laughs> I, I get it. And the, the the thing to keep in mind about identity crises is that as unpleasant as they can be, in mm-hmm. the long run, I do think they end up serving a purpose. They you do. can come out the other end. Even if you make mistakes, you do something incredibly stupid you try to reinvent yourself and it doesn't quite work. And then you realize, you know what? I wasn't being myself. Mm -hmm. I really wasn't being myself. And, but now I know that Yeah. now I understand that this is not me. I'm going to start being me again, or I've learned something new about myself or, you know, or sometimes it can be, it can be, it can be positive where you go off and you do something different. You just decide I'm going to take a little bit of charge of my life and I'm going to do something different. Dang it. And I, you discover something new and then you find a new path to go down. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. It doesn't have to kill you. And if, I'll save it for my final thoughts, but I do think that that definitely does apply to this show, which Mm -hmm. we'll talk about in the final thoughts. But right now we need to get to the awards because we've already talked about Turbo longer than I would have (laughs) expected. Oh, yeah. We've went way longer on Turbo than I actually expected. Yeah, yeah. So let's get to the awards, Michael. First up, we have, well, first we should say we here at the Power Trip like to give out a handful of fun awards to some of what we thought were the most award-worthy things from a particular season. Michael totally stole it from my other show with our co-host in common, Mr. Travis Alexander. And you can keep telling yourself, if it helps you sleep and I keep telling yourself that it's the Henshin Men Awards perfected. Go ahead. (laughs) It is the Henshin Men Awards perfected. Uh, You're just a space pirate who stole them. Just, you know, admit it. You are the male uh, be- uh, you are the male diva tox, all right? <laughs> you are the prima donna tox. <laughs> I don't Okay, we're going to keep no, we're going to keep this P- we're going to keep this PG. <laughs> we're going to keep this PG, Michael. We're going to keep this PG. Um so I'm going to let that I'm going to let that slide. So, so anyway, anyway, Nathan, roasting, Nathan, aside, roasting aside, roasting aside, roasting aside, man, you are really, you're really working that button today. <laughs> yes, I am. And I have to work it again because our first award is the power range of motion, which I can't take credit for that one. That, that name has to go to Mr. Hamilton here for the best stunt or fight scene. Shall I go first or you this week? You know, good sir, since you've had such, since you've had such, so much fun on this episode uh, so far, I'm going to let you go first. My award for this one actually goes to something from the movie because I want to award actual good stunt work that you don't see anymore because we live in the age of CGI. 
So they don't do stuff like this anymore now. And that's Tommy's dive off the waterfall. Mm-hmm. I like okay. that. Because like I said, that's a real stunt. That's a real person doing that. I miss stuff like that. Yeah, and, and Tommy did a lot of his own... Tommy did a lot of his own stunts. Uh, JDF. Uh, uh, yeah, JD Jason David Frank did a lot of his own stunts throughout the franchise. Him and uh, uh, Johnny Young Bosch did a lot of their own stunts. That's because the they're probably, especially in the, I would say at least in the Zordon era, they're some of the best martial artists out of the out of the casts. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. For sure. What did you have? So for my power range of motion <laughs> award, thank you, Nathan. We're already we're already abusing that that uh, rim shot button. So we might as well abuse it some more Um, for my power range of motion award. I'm going to give it also to a movie uh, also to a scene in the movie. And that's just simply the fight between Malagor and the, and the Megazord because it's actual tokusatsu and not really shitty CGI. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. No ugly CGI to look at. All right. And our next award uh, in uh, similarly, is the ultra SFX is the ultra SFX Zord award for the best special effect. Mine is the Malagor suit. I like the Malagor suit. You stole mine. Oh, too bad. Now the Malagor suit was made and designed by the by the Chiodo brothers Mm -hmm. who, especially at this time were, were a very popular group of brothers who did a lot of practical special effects. They love suits and puppets and stop motion. I mean, I just did, I just recorded an episode of the film vault about mighty Joe young, the original with Ray, mm-hmm. uh, which was one of Harry Housen's first movies. Actually it was, it was his first movie and they interviewed Harry Housen and talked to him about making that movie. And so they love this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the the Malagor the Malagor suit is is impressive. Uh, it did get repurposed. La- it will get repurposed later on, but it doesn't look nearly as good. Um, age, wear, and tear has not done that suit favors. But <laughs> most suits like that, time does is not kind to them. <laughs> as as because that thing is massive. It's bulky. Uh, I think one of my favorite, I think one of my favorite things about, uh, that suit is the fact that if you look closely enough, they've got like these LEDs running through it that gives that lava blinking effect. Yeah. Um, I really like that. Yeah. Like I really, really like that. But I would be remiss if I didn't ask a question on behalf of our co-host in common. Travis, even though he <laughs> didn't ask me to do this for him, but is Malagor a kaiju? In the movie, yes. In the show... He's not in the show. In the movie, yes. I would say he is a kaiju. Okay, that's all I needed to know. I, w- I would say he is a kaiju. All right, and now for more phenomenal Mad Libs for the best line. I can't believe I'm saying this. Or maybe, no, 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 no. Let me back this up. Let me back this up. Maybe, maybe he is a Majin or a, what is it? Um, like, what is the, what is the one where they're like, they're gods? Um, yokai? No, yokai. Kami. Maybe he's a, no, Kami. Maybe he's a Kami? Well, he's a demon. Well, so then would he be a yokai? 
closer to a yokai. He could also be a Majin. Okay. I don't know. But, I, I th- I, but it, those all can be kaiju, I would argue. So we'll just get okay. So we'll just wrap it all up in a little bow and say he's a kaiju. There all we right, go. moving on. So more phenomenal Mad Libs for the best line, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Diva Talks <laughs> is actually part of this because uh-huh. I have a runner-up. And but the actual award is going to Diva Talks. I oh. can't believe I'm saying this. Uh-huh. But admittedly, it's only because it's a really funny reference to something I really like. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't remember which episode it's from. And weirdly enough, it's also Carol Hoyt and not Turner in the role. But there is a point where she is mocking the Power Rangers looking through her uh, looking through her periscope and she says, ha, 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 they couldn't find pointy ears at a Star Trek convention. Interesting. I feel only a little hypocritical, but I love Star Trek and it's a funny line. Mm-hmm. I will admit sure. it's a funny line. For sure. It sounds like something I might actually say. I am embarrassed to say, but it also seems to mean that Star Trek exists in the Power Rangers universe. They don't make pop culture references all that much, weirdly enough. And here was one of them. My runner up, and I only, the only, I think this is funnier because I think the bloopers in the credits are funnier than the show. The only reason it's a runner up is because it's a blooper. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's an exchange between Elgar and Divatox, where Divatox and it's Turner, she's going off script and she just says, I'd like to report I have a migraine. And Elgar says, you are a migraine. (laughs) 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 Or maybe I'm getting it mixed up. Maybe Elgar says, no, I think I think that is right. I, I just wrote it. down Elgar and Divatox credits, so I'm. Th- I think it is. Yeah, I think you, it is Divatox. You, you're so, getting. You're getting. You're. You're getting it mixed up because I'm. I'm picturing it here now. It's like <laughs> I'm getting such a migraine. No, it's like I like to report I, that I have a migraine. <laughs> you are a migraine. <laughs> it's, so it's it's basically playing off of Rita's. Ah, I have a headache, but they're. <laughs> It's a nice little spit on it. <laughs> yeah. So, so my, uh, my more phenomenal Mad Lib award goes to actually Elgar. I was actually going to, I was like, I'm going to give a line to Elgar and it's in the, uh, it's in the second part of the chase into space episode um, where El- right before uh, Elgar blows up the command center, he says, let's blow this joint up. That is. I considered that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my runner up, and we've already talked about this in the episode, but my runner up was Viva la Diva. Yeah, the catchphrase. The catchphrase, because it is actually really funny. But yeah, and like, it was but, and it was invented by Turner. It was an ad lib. Yeah, but you're but you're right. The uh, the sometimes the bloopers, and I'm really glad that they started doing this. I think it was it was during Zio they started this. Yeah. Show, no, I showing, think it was season three. Was it season three? Okay, yeah. yeah, you're right. It was season three. Um, they they started showing the bloopers after during the credits, and I just think that's I just think that's funny. And you're right that some of the bloopers in Turbo are actually funnier than the show itself. So yeah, you know. 
All right, and now on to one of my favorites, especially on Henshin, then. I, I, I can't believe that happened for the craziest moment. And mine is one of those instances where they let too much. This is probably the best example of when Turbo let too much of Car Ranger bleed through. Bug-eyed Metallosaurus. <laughs> Comes out of freaking nowhere. <laughs> Nobody in that editing room thought, you know, maybe we should cut this part out because even in this goofy show, it doesn't fit. <laughs> they left it in. Took me right out of it. <laughs> This Looney Tunes moment that comes out of nowhere. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can't stop. Because <laughs> oh. what, what is it? Like they land on his foot or his tail or something. And then the Metallosaurus just looks right at the camera in a close-up, and the his eyes bug yeah. out of his head in Looney Tunes fashion, and I'm just like, oh, good lord, what is this show? Oh, that's a, that's a, that is such a good one. That is such a good one, and one I forgot about. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I would have. I wish I would have thought about for that for my I I I can't believe that happened award, but but mine actually goes to a more serious moment it's a follow-up to my previous award where they blow up the command center oh and they, so, yeah they they totally just destroy the command center once and for all there's no there's no auto regeneration coming there's no auto regeneration it's done you're over the rangers on earth as we know it is done yep done done although we get introduced to nasada which has been a bit of a inside joke for us mm -hmm. ever since i know somebody who works there his name's jimmy actually that's his cousin i keep telling you that oh well they're all they're the same people at least but one of them has a drinking problem that is true very big drinking problem but mm. now inside jokes about uh, about somewhat related podcasts aside you know guess what time it is now michael it's morphin time this is the part of the show where we give our final thoughts in one minute or less. So we're going to have a one minute conversation here. Are you ready, Michael? I'm ready. All let's right. Shift let's, let's, let's start our engines. Shift into turbo. Go. All right. I wasted three seconds for us. Oh, <laughs> crap. Uh, well, all I'm going to say is like, like we talked about in the uh, early on the episode, Turbo feels like it is trying to be too much. It is, it's, it's a series full of wasted potential. I will repeat kind of like what I said earlier. It is like, it's like the DMV of the Ranger franchise. You don't really care for it, but you make the best of it while you're there. Um, there are some funny moments to turbo. I do think though, I will say this. If you're a new Ranger fan and you want to go back and, and we, and rewatch some of the old stuff, I think that you need to watch turbo to kind of give you some context. Yeah. For, yeah, for the, what's to come. Here's what I will come. say about it. We talked about identity crises and how they can be beneficial. Here's mm -hmm. my funny analogy. 
and we're almost out of time, so I'm just going to have to continue it in overtime, unfortunately. But you've heard the phrase, we walked, uh, we crawled so they could run or something like that. Turbo breaks its leg so that in space could come over, put it in a splint, try to jog, and then pull a Forrest Gump and start running like the Flash. I was. I thought you were gonna say uh, it. It breaks its leg in space, comes over, puts it in a splint, and carries it across the finish line. No, because because the is in space puts it in a splint and fixes it. Mm. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Right, <laughs> and because it's night and day, <laughs> which. Which actually is a good segue to say, yes, our next episode is going to be Power Rangers in space. I can't wait. <laughs> I know you can't wait. In fact, uh, we, we, I, uh, this episode is running long. I anticipate the next one to run very long because <laughs> yeah. there is so much, there is so much to unpack with, um, with Power Rangers and in space. Let I'm me tell so you. You're going to get the Marchand at his most English majory. Class will be in session. We're going to get the full Marchand. Is that what you're saying? The full Marchand. You're getting the full Professor Marchand at that point. Instead of the full, instead of the full Monty, we're getting the full Marchand. God, I hate you. Now, <laughs> don't ruin this for me. Anyway. So as always, may your divas never be toxic may you always shift into turbo and may the power protect you thank you for listening to the power trip a podcast produced and hosted by michael hamilton and nathan marching if you'd like to send us feedback email us at powertrippod at gmail.com follow us on twitter where our handle is at the power trip pod and join our official facebook group power rangers legacy Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other great podcasters. The podcast logo was designed by Rebecca Hudgens. Follow her on Instagram at super underscore r underscore illustrations. Our theme songs are from the album Power of the Grid by Neil Stenson. We also use Galaxy Quest Instrumental by Heaven Wraith from the OC Remix album Jet Force Gemini Mizar Attacks. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended or implied. The Power Trip has no association with Saban Entertainment or Hasbro. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. And until next time, see ya!